Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we will explore the interesting stories of business executives, entrepreneurs, and industry leaders who are shaking things up and growing their companies. It is time to make some waves. Now here's your host, Tom Singer. This is Making Waves at Sea Level. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. You know, I started this show now almost eight years ago with the idea of being able to talk to business leaders, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, etc., who were shaking things up in business. And here we are over 725 episodes later, still doing the same thing. And today we're going to talk about what is it like to work with your significant other? Now, a lot of people who I talk to in business go, I would never work with my husband, my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. Ah! And other people do it successfully. And today I have not one, but two guests who work together and play together and have a great life. And so welcome to the podcast, Gina Carr and Terry Brock. Thank you, Tom. Great to be with you. I am so Thank gl- you so much. I am so glad to have you guys here. First of all, tell the audience a little bit about how you guys met. Well, Terry Brock was the featured speaker at the NSA, National Speakers Association, Georgia meeting way back in 2006. And I had seen his bio of marketing and technology, things that I was very interested in. And I said, well, I have to go to this meeting and, and hear this guy. And so he he spoke. He I took probably 15 pages of notes, all kinds of amazing things, especially how to use video. And uh, uh, afterward, I went up and chatted with him a little bit. And from there, we became friends and I joined his coaching program. And many, many years later, here we are today, engaged, officially fiancés. So we are, let's see, we've been together as a couple now, uh, 12 years. Nice. Terry, what's your version of that? Uh, I would say the same thing. It's been a wonderful adventure. It's been good. And uh, it unfolds and gets better all the time. That's one of the things I love about being around this wonderful lady, that we get a chance to grow more and uh, go through whatever the challenges are out there that we face, whether external or just between us, we can work them out. So I know Terry and Gina through the National Speakers Association, which I've been a member of for 13 years. So they were already probably together by the time I met them somewhere around there. But uh, they are both delightful. And I thought it would be fun to talk about how they they work together and separately and build thriving businesses. So those of you who don't know them, Gina helps uh, speakers and experts get their message out into the world by using video and technology. And sometimes you don't even have to know and fully understand the technologies because she shows you how to use them. And many of them are really easy to use. She has an MBA from Harvard and a background in uh, uh, in engineering. She also had a background working in real estate. She started a chain of magazines. And when she was younger, she was a competitive water skier. So watch out. She's competitive. She'll go out there and win. 
Now, Terry, who also has an advanced degree, he has an MBA, he is a communicator. And what he does is he helps people and businesses with marketing and technology in a practical way so that they can build a better business. His background started with a background studying radio, television, uh, and newspaper. And in fact, when he was in high school, his newspaper that he worked for sent him to Washington, D.C. to cover the inauguration of Richard Nixon. So we just basically told everybody how old you are, Terry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so, that's right. so you guys and met. You that are under age 30, Google it. Richard Nixon <laughs> is president. <laughs> so uh, the two of you were in similar businesses. You both were speakers and trainers and doing stuff like that. You came together. You met. Yeah, you, you worked a little bit together, helping each other with their business, with your businesses. When did you come together as a couple and start working together? I'd say that would be around uh, 2010 when uh, Gina made the decision to move from Atlanta to where we are now in Orlando. And we said, okay, we're going to work together. And to me, that's an important thing because uh, uh, neither of us has children. And so our child, if I can put that in air quotes, child is really our business. So we have a similar desire to help people using technology because Gina is an engineer by training and a real real engineer from Georgia Tech. Uh, Then she leans toward that, understands it very well. For me, I love working with it. And so we find areas where we can work together and help others. We really, uh, we really enjoy that. So Gina, how did you go from a background in, in engineering and uh, an MBA into becoming a speaker? Well, I started several businesses in Atlanta. I started a real estate business and from that launched a community magazine, which I then franchised. And the growth of those businesses was really based on getting out and talking with community groups. I This is the old days, pre, pre-internet, really. Well, I guess internet was out there, but not very widespread. But uh, speaking at the Chamber of Commerce meetings and the business associations and explaining the opportunities to advertise in our magazines, buy one of our franchises, or to buy or sell a home through us. I enjoyed that, and that was a big part of how I grew my businesses. So not the traditional speaker route. And Terry, how did you get into that business? Well, I started um, when I was fresh out of the MBA program. At that time, uh, there was this new thingy out on the market called spreadsheets, electronic spreadsheets. VisiCalc was real big. Then SuperCalc came along. And then this thing called Lotus123 was there. So I taught myself that and then started taking the things that we had learned in an MBA program. They cram all this stuff about cash flow statements and pro forma income statements and those kind of things. And then put it to use, showing people how they could use it in business. And it was amazing. I got involved with with a lot of CPAs, even though I am not a CPA. Uh, I worked with many state societies of CPAs, about 27 of them, showing them how they could change a number. It was really exciting, Tom. I'd take one number here and I'd say, watch this, I'm going to change this one number and it'll ripple all the way across. And at that time, that was a big deal thing. They'd look at it, wow, it was incredible. Matter of fact, I like to say, many of those CPAs came dangerously close to having an emotion. It it was just (laughs) exciting to watch that happen. So I started showing people how to use spreadsheets, teaching it, learning as I went. And that led to speaking where I found people wanted to know about other kinds of technologies, not doing a lot of Lotus one, two, three training right now, but I found (laughs) that technology field never ceases to amaze me with something new out there. Right now we're doing a lot with web three cryptocurrency. We've been doing since uh, 2014 and talking about what's happening there. So I see it as an evolving, always learning something new way of living life. 
So the two of you do a lot of, of training and coaching around technology and video. Where does your business overlap? In what areas do you work together to serve people? Well, Gina, you want to handle that one? Well, we although we do still work with private clients in a number of areas, we have increasingly been focused on working together. And we've very strategically been moving away from the things that were taking us from the projects that were taking away from the projects we were working on together. And we have really consolidated our efforts now and gone all in on a program that is called Stark Raving Entrepreneurs. And so it's something brand new. We've just launched, Tom. You probably haven't even even heard of it, but it's a morphing of the different things that we've been doing. And so we're finding that when we can focus, we're going. We feel like we're going to be a lot more successful, and um, so it was. It is still his, mine, and ours, but we're focused much more on the hours, and we're working to make that the main thing. And and it is. Now I saw you guys work a lot together during the pandemic, teaching people how to use video because everybody suddenly, you know, many people who didn't even own a camera for their computers suddenly were on Zoom every day, uh, not just for internal meetings, but also for doing sales calls, for presenting, uh, and a lot of people who you know were speakers and trainers had to do their their work via that. And you had a program called Video Rockstars uh, that that I know you worked on and that you worked on together. Could you talk a little bit about working together while living in the same house, being locked in so tightly? Yeah, well, that was a fun experience because it's constantly learning and it's like, okay, where does the personal side come in and where does the business side come in? And they don't really fit in neatly uh, sanctioned silos where everything's there. There's a lot of blending back and forth, which creates good, but also can create some tensions too. And so we find that it's really good to really have those yours, mine, and ours And I think if we have those three areas, realize, okay, this one really is yours. So if we have a disagreement on that, well, wait a minute, this is your responsibility. You own this one, or I own that one over there, or this one is ours. So we work out a way to uh, make it happen. And I find it's something that is, it's fun. It's worth it. It's not for everybody, but I think it is for us. And we uniquely work to make that work, uh, even though sometimes it's a little bit of a challenge, because we got two people who uh, sometimes have some very strong wills on the way it should be done. And uh, we learn, okay, this is all right. We're going to work it out and make it happen. I do have to say, in all candor, there are many times when Gina will say something, I go, hmm, that's actually a really, really good idea. And I'm glad that she gave me that idea from a practical bottom line business point of view. Now, you kind of mentioned that there's the, the, the good and the bad side. What are some of the tensions that, that you mentioned and how do you deal with that as, as a couple? How do you deal with the disagreements when it comes to business? Well, the tensions occur when, as Terry said, we're both strong-willed. We both have strong backgrounds in business. And so we do come at things with our own perspectives. And, and often there will be times that I want to, I think we should be making blue widgets and he thinks we should be making yellow widgets. And oh my goodness, the tension can, can get high. So we've put in place over the years some different concepts that can that help us some tools so to speak and one of them i'd say the main one is this concept of ownership and the ownership comes down to okay who who owns this project or this aspect of the project and that person gets the final say 
So I can argue all day for the blue widgets, and he can argue all day for the yellow widgets, uh, but not all day. We we have a little go back and forth, and then at some point, one of us says, who owns this? Mm-hmm. Usually the one who owns it, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and and then we say, well, you own this, you own this part, so let's go with the yellow widgets. So that so that's helped a lot, and and th- just this whole issue of organizing. Okay, you may own Star Craving Entrepreneurs, but there's a lot of different aspects and projects that fall under Star Craving Entrepreneurs. So how do we break those up? There's a retreat, and there's uh, a silver membership and a bronze membership, and there's the marketing, there's the organizing the billing all those things that come into it and so who owns each of those different aspects that's been really helpful terry is there anything you'd add on that well i would agree with you i think that by having those distinct areas of ownership it really makes things much better so that way we can have a little exchange back and forth well i think we ought to go with blue widgets no 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 yellow widgets is the way to go okay we go back and forth but ultimately we say well, okay wait a minute who owns this project who has taken uh, responsibility. And then also there's accountability. Okay. Remember last time when you owned that project, how'd that turn out? Oh, it didn't work. Okay. Well, that means maybe we need to consider this or, Hey, it worked pretty well, didn't it? Yep. Okay. I was wrong. I was wrong. We did it this way. And it turned out because the nice thing about business is you have a final objective result. You measure it. It's called numbers. Well, how did we do? What was the ROI on that? Or did we spend a lot of time, money, and energy, and it didn't go anywhere? Or, hey, we invested in this. That was a good one. Mm, I like that. Okay, let's see about doing more like that. All right, so Terry, you bring up an interesting point, and that is that sometimes along the way, there's going to be failures. How do you as a couple deal with the fact when there's a failure that was the other person's fault? Well, Terry's very gracious and he's, he's definitely not the type to, to rub my nose in it, so to speak, or to, uh, make a big deal about if, if I didn't get the right answer or, or things didn't turn out well. And I recognize that I, I believe there's rarely a right answer in business. There are better answers. And, and this is something that was drilled into me at Harvard Business School when we're teaching the case study, they're teaching the case study method, Socratic method, and people have different answers. And being an engineer with math and physics and all that background, that there's a right answer, it was really hard for me to realize there are a number of potential right answers. Some are better than others. The most important thing is choose one and start moving, start riding that bike so that you can get a feel for it. And maybe you're going to go to a bigger bike or a smaller bike or a three wheeler or something like, or even like Terry does a one wheel unicycle, uh, but get moving in the direction you want to go. So, so I don't, I'm not a blame game person. So we, we don't have a lot of problems with that issue. All right. Yeah, I basically oh, mainly off the idea that we, we're all human beings. We're going to make mistakes, and when we do, let's learn from it. What's the lesson learned? You know, if something goes wrong, how can we learn rather than say, oh, it's your fault or that? I, I don't see a need to go into that. I tend to be more stoic in my uh, perspective, uh, looking at, uh, you know, what did Marcus Aurelius do? What did Seneca or Epictetus or people like that do? You look at the result, and what can we learn from it moving on? So a successful relationship in business or in a personal relationship, really comes down to communication. What do you think you guys do right when it comes to communication? 
Well, one of the things I like, if I can jump in real quick here, is uh, from early on, we like to have the idea when we're together and when we're in the same place, uh, and even if we're not, we try to do it some way, we like to have a date every night. Every night. So we get together to say, okay, how you doing? How was the day? What were the good things that happened? What were the victories? Or what was the challenge? Oh, yeah, I had to talk with so-and-so. Oh, really? How is he the same? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the same. Okay, but it's all right. But we get a chance to look at that. And I find that that communication really helps. And that's my, uh, that's who I am. I'm a communicator. Undergrad degree was uh, radio, TV, newspaper. I communicate and I want to do that better and better all the time. So I think that one of the real strengths that uh, any couple can have, any relationship of any kind, is to make sure you try to communicate and understand it from the other person's point of view, first and foremost. Gina, your thoughts? Yes. And adding to that, we, for our business, we, work to have a business meeting every day and sometimes um, sometimes we don't get around to it and sometimes it can get a little contentious and oh my goodness why did we have this meeting today but we have found that having the business meetings every day do help to streamline things and make sure that we're on the same page we're focused on the right priorities we also use well that's that's the most important thing separately we also use google docs Google Docs uh, allows us to collaborate. We can write down our notes. We can tag each other. We can ask questions. And then that way, it doesn't have to be synchronous. It can be asynchronous, such as when I have time, I can go out there and answer the questions, and he can answer the questions. So those are some of the main tools that we use. Uh, Also, Terry loves to use Loom video uh, for email, and so he'll send me a video email, which is much more personable and shows the emotions and goes deeper than just the text emails. So those those are three main tools that we use for communicating better. So if people are listening to this and maybe they work with their, their spouse or significant other, or maybe they don't, uh, but they think that maybe it's a good idea or a necessity, what tips do you have for people who are entering into a work relationship with someone they're also in a love relationship with? I would say one of the most important things is to see if that work that model that we're using works for you. The idea of ownership, yours, mine, and ours. So that way we know ultimately who's responsible for this. And, and you're lovingly accountable for that. Lots of love. So if it goes well, great. And if it doesn't go well, okay, we're still human and no beat ups allowed. No, we're looking at getting the result. And I would say lay out those kind of goals and objectives so that you have that ownership first and then realize, okay, we're going to we're going to have some challenges that happens in any kind of a business relationship. There's going to be disagreements, any group of people that are together. And I think that you want to make sure that you don't hurt the relationship because of the business. Some people try it and they realize we're not going to be able to work together. We were talking to a couple a little while ago that was over. Um, we got a chance to see them and they were saying, Hey, we're not going to be able to work together. They both love each other very much, but they have some different ideas of what to do and what not to do. And so I think that uh, what we've got to do is keep working toward that and realize, hey, this is something that's important to us and we're willing to pay the price to make it work. I I would just add to that that I think the most important thing is for you to decide what is the most important thing. And more than likely that is that the relationship holds together, the, the relationship is sustained. And I come from the background that my first marriage ended, we worked together, and that was a significant part of it. Uh, we were constantly at odds with one another, and we 
we weren't able to make that distinction of home, business. Uh, it was just all woven together. We were working so much and the communication was, um, was very difficult. And so I think, I think you just have to say what's most important. And if you go and try business together and you're just butting heads all the time and you can't seem to develop tools or ways to work these out, then back off, be willing to back off and say, let's stay together. We love each other. That's the most important thing. Maybe we don't need to be in business together or at least not right now or not on this project. So as you've shifted to more projects together, less projects apart, what are some of the the changes you've had to make in your life around that? Good or bad? I think it's just a matter of communicating more with each other. And uh, as much as we do communicate a lot, I think even more. And I also think something that's helped us a lot, helped me a lot. I tend to be more visual. I like to see things written down. And so by saying, okay, it's on Google Doc. What's the link for that? Oh, here it is. And so we talked about this three weeks ago. Here's the date. And here's what we decided to do. And here's what we were questioning. So we didn't make a decision on this one, but it was a question. But this one we did decide on. So I think that helps to facilitate it really well when we can have the right tools, have the right systems in place. And that's something that's uh, kind of was kind of fun about the two of us getting together. My company's name is I've got a full C corporation in the state of Florida called Achievement Systems. We're a fully incorporated C corporation. Gina studied systems engineering at Georgia Tech. They happen to be the number one school in the world on that. They're ahead of MIT, Stanford, and in that particular area. So we both believe strongly in systems. So we're constantly saying, okay, what's the system for this? Let's develop the system. Let's make sure that that's working well. And that tends to really take care of a lot of difficulties and challenges. And so I would recommend to anyone that's thinking about working anything, get the right systems, pay the price, put in the time, money, and energy to develop systems that work for you on everything that's important. The things that are important have a system for them. That really goes back to one of your questions earlier, Tom, about when things go wrong. And I think that's a mindset that Terry and I have. It's it's not that the person was bad. It's that there was a flaw in the system. How can we change that system so that we get a better outcome next time? All right. As we wrap up this interview, let's shift gears a little bit to this new program that, that you have. And uh, let's talk about what people learn if they get involved with it. What, what's it called? Super duper entrepreneurial entrepreneurs. I coun't remember the name, so I made it, okay, I made up my own. You know, that was a close runner up to stark raving entrepreneurs, which is a word, a phrase that I came up with. I was just, this was several years ago. We were in a hotel room, some city, and I was talking to somebody and I just came up with the idea. I said, well, I'm, I'm just a stark raving entrepreneur because I've been an entrepreneur all my life. And Gina said, Hey, Terry, that's a good idea. And she went over being the wonderful engineer that she is and registered that as a domain, <laughs> GoDaddy, and got it. And then we just kind of sat there for a while until we realized we had been doing some other things recently with our video rock stars. And we came up with another word, agorapreneurs, the idea of entrepreneurs who believe in the live and let live lifestyle, living peacefully, voluntarily. That's what agora is all about. Um, yet a lot of people didn't understand it. So we thought, you know, maybe we ought to shift over and bring everything under 
uh, go, uh, the Stark Raving Entrepreneurs. So that's what we're doing. It's about being an entrepreneur, living life peacefully, voluntarily, that you live by a philosophy of live and let live. Don't harm others. Don't take their stuff mm-hmm. and out there and achieve abundance. And so that's what we're doing right now. We have weekly meetings and we also have other levels where we help people, not just showing you how to do it. I don't think the world lacks for another three or 400 videos to watch, but they do need someone who can say, let me show you exactly how to do this. We will do this with you. We will do it very slowly and carefully going for accuracy first, then momentum. So we show them how to put it together. Like, here's how you build that loom video. Here's how you do this thing. Real nitty gritty detail. Then practice it so they can do it. And our students have been able to do it. The members of our program have used that. And they said, oh, this is great. We're able to start doing it. And they're sending us the videos, creating them. And more importantly, making good money with uh, that kind of system in place. And if I could add to that. On a big picture basis, what we're doing is we're working with people to essentially fund their freedom, create their own economy, make it so that they are dependent only upon themselves, such that they are stark raving entrepreneurs and they can focus on business building skills, such as getting more clarity in what they are doing, who they serve and how they serve the problem that they solve. Uh, the visibility that they need to get in order to build that brand, the way to monetize, including all these Web3 nifty groovy things like uh, cryptocurrency and NFTs, and then finally marketing and sales, which we specifically focus on helping people with a live launch and or challenge methodology is one of the main methods that we use for helping people get their business out into the world. So very exciting. As you can see, we're both Super excited about it and uh, ready to help people because we know that when you can fund your own freedom, you are going to be, um, you just kind of have a happier life and it's going to help generations of people. So I would imagine because it's the two of you leading this, there's a lot of systems involved, right? Yeah, we are constantly developing. And I think that's what we do. We're constantly developing and then refining based on the results. Say, okay, hold it. That part of the system wasn't working as well. Let's correct that. What's the best way to correct it? Or, hey, here's something we're not doing, but this might work even better. We saw this in a video we read or that book I was reading had this as an idea. So it's constantly improving. You never stop. And that's part of the fun of it. Well, and congratulations. You said in the introduction that you are now engaged to be married. Tell, tell us about yeah. how, how that all came about. You've been together 12 plus years. How did that come about? Well, we thought that would be a good thing to do. We are in a situation where we just, we love each other very much. And uh, being engaged and setting a date sometime, we will do that. We haven't got that yet, but we will do that. And it just seems like that is the thing to do. And I just, uh, frankly, I love that woman and want to be with her, but only for another 385,000 years. <laughs> I often say, I was, I'm, I'm studying Spanish right now, and I came on some words, solo para siempre only for always. And I thought that would be a good time way to be together. Solo para siempre, only for always. Nice, nice. Well, Gina and Terry, thank you so much for being guests here on Making Waves at Sea Level. Any last words? Gina? I would just say that if you want to work with your spouse, just just get centered on the big picture, what's most important, and get centered on who owns the different aspects of the projects that you're working on uh, so that you can have that decision-making and 
something else that we didn't talk about but can also help is if you have a third party, a manager or a team member that you, that you really trust their judgment and can bring them in to help balance out those uh, stalemates, that, that can help as well. So that's put first things first, as Steve McCovey told us. Yeah, I would have to agree with Gina once again. Uh, I think that it's not for everyone, but if it's right for you as a couple working together, then do that. Or maybe on a limited basis, you can do some things, see how it works. But uh, find out what is most important for us. It's the relationship. The relationship is more important. We want that to be there. If there's something that's going to be harmed, we would have to say, well, we might not be doing this project or whatever it is. But I think get your priorities straight, develop the systems, and uh, make sure that it's something that is right for both of you. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for being guests here and thank you to everybody who tuned in. Let me thank the sponsor of this episode. This episode, as all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. And I know many of you who have listened, you want to have your own show. Jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. Hey, and thanks for listening. You know what? If it wasn't for the audience, why would we do this podcast? Do me a favor, go and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast joy and leave one of those nifty reviews that says, best podcast I listen to. That'd just make me happy. And go out there and make waves in your own business and have some fun along the way. And whatever it is you do, find a way to positively impact the people who you encounter today. Thank you for listening to the Making Waves at Sea Level podcast. Without your listening to these in-depth conversations, there would be no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.